You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Aaron Albano. And I'm Mo Brady. Ain't got a bundle of green money. Clothes on my back. Welcome, listeners, to our miniseries about the Tonys, looking into the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history. In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances, but the opening and the speeches to see how it all reflects on the season as a whole. So let's dive back in and continue our talk about the 1984 Tony Awards. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sit back, relax, cause you're in for a treat. We'll we get an opening performance from a nominated musical. Here we get an opening performance from the tap dance kid. They were performing Fabulous Feet. Mm. What did you think about this? It was great. I loved it. Aside from the fact that I always like chuckle every time we get like a musical in quote unquote modern day clothing, leotards and like sweatsuits. But outside of that, like, the number itself was a very thrilling way to open the telecast. What did you think? I fucking loved it. <laughs> I do not know a thing. I mean, I do know what the tap dance kid is about because I read the Wikipedia entry. It's like a kid who wants to dance just like his uncle and his dad doesn't want him to dance. Right. Mm -hmm. And the second act is devoted to the kid's imaginations of stardom. So the main dancing in this performance is done by Hinton Battle, who ends up winning the Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical. He yeah. is dancing. Killing it. Doing tapping Alice Cone turns like one after the other across the stage. Mm -hmm. And there are other people on stage in these 80s period costumes, but I am not watching them because all I am doing is watching Hinton Battle. Hit and battle all the way, all the way, all day. It's a very athletic ensemble. They are jumping all over the stage while tap dancing. And yet he... Is magnetic. He's magnetic. Yeah. And then you get the duet between Hinton and the young tap dance kid played by Alfonso... Alfonso Rivero. He was Carlton in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, they are both so good. And then so there's a great... Good. I mean, like, their chemistry together feels like those, like, classic sort of, like, vaudeville tap duets i feel like i felt like i felt like it was after midnight that we were watching mm. it, 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 it's this weird like dynamic when you watch like a father figure and a son figure dance together something about it always i love it it's so are good. you gonna cry 
Possibly. And then we get Samuel E. Wright, the original Mufasa from The Lion King, yeah. joins them. And they're doing this like great tap trio. It's just like it's so good it's a very well constructed number and no reason it needs to really be opening the tonys because it's not necessarily about theater and it's not from like the presumptive winner of best musical and yet i mean it does what tap does it like it's why tap numbers open the second act it like jolts you into watching the rest of the show it's great it's my, my favorite thing about it too is that like in our first episode of this telecast series, we watched Hidden Battle win for John. Oh, yeah. John from Miss Saigon. John from Miss Saigon. A role that is acting first, singing close second, dancing nowhere. Like Zero. Yeah. Not a, not a dance move. And I remember him having won for Tap Dance Kid and then mentioning it in his win, being like, thank you for taking a chance on a dancer. But I had never watched this performance before. And I'm just like, oh, bro. He was known for being a dancer. He was. This was his gig. This is some Daniel J. Watts level shit, okay? Yeah. This is like someone who you know is one thing. Yeah. Winning an award for something that you didn't know they could do. Ugh. When we discover all of the hidden talents of the people in our industry, it blows my mind every time. Let's talk about these medleys about composers, which the first one we see is Canner and Ebb. Oh, the composer medleys. I don't feel like we've seen a medley for a while and never seen a medley in quite this way. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is I feel like this is the first time we've seen sort of multiple medleys around a theme. Mm. I swear, like, like I think either during the Canner and Ebb one or the second Sondheim one, I was like, oh, so this is just a night of celebrating composers that just happened to have awards in it. It's a variety show where they give out some awards. Yes. What were your favorite moments? <sighs> like either because they were fantastic or because they were train wrecks, which I think this had a couple of both. I mean, my favorite moment of at least the first half is when Cheetah starts singing all that jazz. A nominee this evening for The Rink is about to win her first Tony Award musical. She comes out and recreates a performance that she did a decade ago on Broadway, all that jazz in Chicago, and then... And then walks over to wing one and gets followed out by Gwen Verdon, and we get to see Cheetah Rivera and Gwen Verdon sing nowadays. It's beautiful. Yes. Like, it's just beautiful to see the two together. And this this medley is Full of moments like that, right? Yeah. We get to uh -huh. see Liza Minnelli sing Cabaret. Yeah. Right? We see Robert Goulet sing The Happy Time, which he won a Tony for. We see the original stars of the act singing The Grass is Always Greener. Like, it is just like a star-studded medley. Yeah. I loved it. One thing about the evening that we didn't talk about in part one was that Al Hirschfeld gets a Lifetime Achievement Award for the evening. Yes. The Tony curtain is all Hirschfeld drawings of all of the presenters from the evening. Yes. And so there are like Hirschfeld drawings peppered into the entire evening, including these medleys. So there's like, Joel Gray is not there, but there is a life-size... Flat of Joel Gray. A, a Hirschfeld of Joel Gray as the MC that gets like rolled across the stage that is just like 
Whew, thought is, that's a choice. This was definitely like a historic medley. I mean, all of them were, but. I wish we did more of this. I wish that we like could sort of celebrate our nominees now with. Their body of work. Yeah. My fate, but okay, this is a beautiful medley. There are a couple of choice moments. One is whenever Hirschfeld flats come out on rolling wheels. The second is that peppered within the presentation are awards, right? One of the ones they do is the best score award. Yes. The gag is when the camera goes on to Fred Ebb. They're in the middle of a presentation about him and they're announcing him as a nominee for tonight's award for best score and he is asleep <laughs> fully like eyes closed like sort of chin like neck back chin sort of up in the air i was like he can't be asleep that's i actually went back and watched it twice because i was like you wouldn't be asleep like they're in the middle of a thing about you and then they're gonna like say your name and show a camera on you and nah brah All right, nominated tonight for the clip from this Tony Awards that is shown on screens at gay bars is <laughs> I Want It All from Baby. Oh, wait, is it shown at gay bars? I've never seen it at a gay bar. I feel like this is like an iconic lady belting song, so it gets shown at gay bars. Okay. So a trio of women, Liz Calloway, the original Ellen in Miss Saigon yeah. as a 19-year-old, Catherine Cox, who I didn't know, and but did a lot of Broadway shows, was the original Ethel McCormick in Footloose. Where? Uh, Footloose reference. Uh, as a gym teacher. Uh, and Beth Fowler, the original Mrs. Potts, among many other things, as mm-hmm. a 43-year-old mother. I didn't realize this show had an ensemble. For some reason in my mind, this was just a six-hander. It was about three couples. Yeah. But it had an ensemble, including Philip Hoffman, the original steward from Into the Woods, John Jellison, who is in Come From Away... What do you think of this? I loved it. Honestly, it like, here are the two things that I wrote. A, OMG, a story song in the Tonys that's actually working. B, because of that, I was like, let me preface this by saying I don't know anything about Baby. But I kind of want a revival of this. I mean, A, just for like the feminist undertones of the number anyway, I think are very poignant and prevalent in today's culture. And it was thrilling, and I love a key change. I thought the staging was, like, a little on the nose. Like, it starts out with the gym teacher. She's carrying a basketball. It's initially under her shirt, so you're like, oh, is she pregnant? Nope, it's It's a a basketball. basketball. (laughs) And then she's, like, dribbling the ball. Like, I was like, the staging's a little on the nose, right? Like, how many gym teachers walk around with basketballs? I mean, very indicative, but, you know. What can you do? The basketball leads to some, like, join me staging, right? Like, she uses the basketball to sort of get the other women excited up to her level. And so I was like, okay. I mean, what I did love about this is it's so, like, 180 degree different from every other show that is nominated. Mm -hmm. Again, we have a story song amidst all of the giant ensemble numbers, dance or otherwise. (laughs) And you got three people. This is the show in today's equivalence would be the one that's at Circle in the Square. It makes its impression because it's so wildly different. I'm now drawing parallels between the Tony Award performance of Baby in 1984 and the Tony Award performance of Fun Home in 2015, and I like it. Yes! I like this. That's literally what it is! When you're like, this is different. Huh. I want to know more about that. 
Mm -hmm. It has a wildly different vibe. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The next presentation. Steven Sondheim. Ever heard of him? <laughs> the, I think the most unfortunate parts of all of these presentations, medleys, is the opening. It always starts in a way that's like like a little bit jerky. Sure. Like this is a performance of another hundred people from company, but it's a group number, but it's being done by all of these famous people. So it's Robert Preston, one of our co-hosts. Robert Guillaume, Tony Randall, like doing a lot of musical staging. You know, when we ask a famous person to be on the Tonys nowadays, mm -hmm. all we are asking them to do is like walk to a place, say things that are on a teleprompter. Yeah. And then walk away. Maybe park and bark, call it a day. Yes. The celebrities in the 1984 Tony Awards are learning musical staging, vocals, harmonies, like for multiple numbers like they're rehearsing yeah it's its own production which i was like that's wild didn't they all have like tv series to be on we don't have people presenting tony awards anymore that don't have a tv series to fly back to la for tomorrow you know what it reminded me of that i'm just realizing right now you know in center stage when they're doing the pas de trois, but all of the other dancers and extras are walking across the back to show you how busy new york is yes correct that's what this felt like new york is busy guys it's a city of strangers some come to work, some come to, to play. play. Oh, but it's not just that. They're waltzing to a little night music. Like, there's dance going on. They're, yeah, it's it, they're full production numbers. Can I tell you, though, my most favorite part of this, a Julie Andrews rendition of Send in the Clowns, which I didn't know existed. The one that I was like, what is happening mm -hmm. is a performance of Broadway Baby. Oh. I, at first, I didn't yes. know who the actor was. Found out later it was Dorothy Loudon, the original Miss Hannigan from Annie. And that so you, feels accurate. You yes. can see like Miss Hannigan energy in this performance of Broadway Baby. But she is like crushing it, giving zero fucks about anything. Mm -hmm. This is an incredible performance of that number. Yeah. And the nominated performance that we see... The performance from a nominated musical. Is it time to talk about Sunday? It's time to talk about Sunday. I want to know your relationship to the song, Aaron J. Albano. I mean, I I have none outside of just watching the show. I don't know the show that well. I like the show. I know that it's one of those shows where luckily I like, but you have to sort of project that you like or else people judge you. Hmm. But it's, it's one of those songs. And I don't even know if this is a song that shares this trait with any other song in the musical theater catalog. 
But it started and I just started crying. It's so moving and I honestly have no idea why. Why do we cry? The music is, it's like church to me. It's the closest secular music has ever gotten to spirituality for me. Okay, like just, I can buy that. There's something about the dynamics, about the chords, about the way that it's, you know, the unison singing. Like it just, mm -hmm. it feels religious, I think. I could, okay. And, and the staging is so sanctimonious as well. Right. The staging is very simple. It's very slow. It sort of respects the music and takes a step back so that all you are doing is really focusing on the feeling of the singing, <laughs> the sound hitting you. There's like a reverence in the music. It's art that is undeniable, which also then just like makes me like, fuck off, Jerry Herman. Like, I know, don't come that. for this. Don't come, don't come for Sunday the Parkway Church. Okay, here's my question for you. What does this number sell? It's selling the emotional experience that the number draws out. I am unclear on whether that is fortified by our previous experience of the show. I don't think I'll ever know how a layman would feel this music, but I feel like I have enough confidence in the strength of the number that they would feel the same without being able to articulate it. Hell, I couldn't articulate mm -hmm. And I'm not a layman. There's something very serendipitous about this number that is sort of intangible i think that's the thing is that it's sort of intangible and it's impact yeah it's it's one of the most iconic numbers in musical theater for a reason and yet doesn't win best score you know what this is a hummable tune jerry <laughs> Our third presentation is for Jerry Herman. And again, we get great original performances, right? Carol Channing comes out and sings before the parade passes by and then gets in the fucking red dress with yes, the feather headpiece, walks down a stairway. Surrounded by her own little like mini... Mini Hirschfelds. I mean, like, you can't get a more iconic theater moment than Correct. Carol Channing walking down the stairs singing Hello, Dolly. Like, mm -hmm. there it is, right? And then we get Queen of the Tony Awards, Leslie Uggam, singing <laughs> if, I, if You Walked Into My Life from Mame in I Don't Want to Know. It's just- Her I Don't Want to Know, forget about it. Robert Preston introduces Mac and Mabel. He's like, here's the song from Mac and Mabel, which I started. Bernadette Peters singing Time Heals Everything. Dorothy Loudon, though, Dorothy Loudon <laughs> comes Again. out in a white dress on top of a car surrounded by men, and not just like dancer men, like the men of the night, yes, who've been singing all of this music, rolling across the stage in a car. Like it is, you could not make it up. Truly not. Which then leads us into the performance from La Caja Faux. We are what we are, and I am what I am. How'd you like this? I feel like this is also equally played in gay bars across the country. Well, it is gay content, so that makes sense. This is just not a show that hits me. Okay. Like, they are doing things on the stage. They're strutting on the stage in frocks. Um, There is no kick line. I was watching. I was like, this is not a Jerry Mitchell production because there's <laughs> no athletic dancing to be had. So the, the performance of We Are 
what we are. It was just sort of like, eh, I understand why you did it because it leads us into I am what I am. So there we go. I do agree that it is a gateway to get to George Hearn's I am what I am. Because in terms of a presentation to the country, you needed to have one in order to do the other. What did you think of that performance of I Am What I Am? Here's what's interesting. I love George Hearn. I think George Hearn is fantastic in everything that I've seen, from the video of Sweeney Todd to this performance to his star turn as the wonderful Wizard of Oz in Wicked. I think he's wonderful. And I thought this performance was really, really, really great. What struck me weirdly about it is that why is he performing it in a suit? Oh, because in the original production, he's wearing a dress? I believe so. He's in the show as Zaza singing I Am What I Am, at least from my recollection. And we did this whole song about what we are what we are. But we aren't really what we are because we're not going to show you what we are on national television. And that's that was what was weird because I was like, I couldn't figure out if this was a choice made by the show, made by the telecast, or made by George Hearn. Because, again, we're in the middle of the AIDS epidemic. This is 1984. This is nowhere near as socially acceptable as it is now. Was calculus made to be like, okay, George Hearn's about to win his award right after this. Maybe he doesn't want to accept his award in, in drag. Maybe it's too hard to get him out of all of that makeup and all of the dress and all of the wig before he accepts his award. I don't know. But where it feels really unsettling is like, the song is called I Am What I Am. Mm -hmm. If you're really like expressing that song, you can't compromise it without undercutting the entire message of the song. Mm -hmm. And tell me if you agree, because maybe I was then watching his acceptance speech with sort of that layer on it. I think he opens his speech with like the things we do, holding his Tony. It almost felt very like, don't worry, folks. I'm just, it's just an act mm -hmm. feeling on national TV, which I was like, you don't get to win for this role if that's going to be your attitude. And maybe that's me up on my high horse, but I would just like win for Sweeney Todd then. Like, don't win for this. If the whole message of this show is unabashed acceptance of who you are, and then to like apologize for the role you're winning for in your speech, it made me feel really disgusting. All right, it's time for a Yelp review. Which performance made the show look better than it was, Aaron? I think Baby wins my award for this because it felt like it was in a whole nother field than the rest of the performances. And it held its own and proved it was competitive against these massive, big, glitz and glamoury shows. Again, I don't know if it was better than it was, but it proved that it could hold its own by being different. Um, how about you? The tap dance kid. Like, I've mm. never heard any of the music other than this performance. The reviews that I read weren't great. But like, ugh, I loved this. What performance made you want to buy a ticket? I would have seen the tap dance kid. Like, I wish it was Sunday because like we've talked about how that is like sort of its own brand of effective theater. Yeah. But in terms of like, where am I going to spend $140 in two and a half hours? I'm sure I would have been like, that looks fun. Um, <laughs> what about you? Sunday in the Park with George. If you can get me to cry 
sitting at home on TV, I'll probably want to experience that in real life. Which speech moved you the most? I couldn't really find one. There were a couple of things that stuck out, but none of them really. I mean, if I had to choose, it would be maybe Al Hirschfeld's acceptance speech of his Brooks Atkinson Award. I think only because he was so sweet and grateful for it. What about you? I think I'm going to combine these two and say which speech moved me the most and my biggest surprise win were both Lila Cordova for Zorba. Mostly because like, why did it surprise me? It's her only Broadway show. I never heard of her. She's only got one Oscar nomination. It's for this. She's only got one Tony nomination. It's for this. Like, Mm -hmm. who is this woman in a show that is not being celebrated with any other awards? Anywhere else, yeah. The fact that she got this Oscar nomination and a Tony award for this role, I was like, she must be really fucking fantastic. Fair. And she seems super grateful. Like, she says, like, winning a Tony award was her dream, and she never thought she would get it because she wasn't an American, among other things, and then... So, like, it, it was all sort of surprising and weird, which I liked. Uh, your biggest surprise win, Aaron. I would say it was more of a surprise loss, because I knew that Lacage was the favorite this year. But frankly, I'm shocked that Sunday barely got anything. When you walk into a Tony ceremony with the most nominations and then get, what, two? Two. Two out of the ten? That's more of a burn than I probably expected. Would you recommend watching this? Yes. Yes. It's great. It's wonderful. It's really great. Uh, the majority of the telecast was a tribute to composers, and they were all really, really great. We've said already that I would love to see this again. <laughs> and so watching this night of three medleys, you know, I don't know what it felt like. It felt like Kennedy Center honors three composers. Hmm. I was here for it. I would absolutely say watch this. What about you? Hard same, hard same. I think this is one of our better ones. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those of you keeping track, uh, this is Mo 1 for the 1984 and Aaron 0 for 1999. This is not a competition. Maybe I'm saying that because I'm not winning. (laughs) To join us for our next Tony's Recap, be sure to do your homework with us for my second host's choice, the 2007 Tony Awards. I think that's... Spring Awakening, Curtains, Legally Blonde. And Mary Poppins. Oh, yes. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Aaron Albano. And me, Mo Brady. Special thanks to Wasif Sammy for the background research on this week's Tony season. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our archive, including full conversations with our guests and early access to episodes. You can support us for between $5 and $20 a month at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.